This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Finally, Illinois basketball tips off its 2021-22 season. They are very thirsty, as Brad said, and they come out with a win. But it looked like basically the second unit out there for most of the game as Illinois was very shorthanded against Jackson State. Kofi Coburn we knew would be out due to the three-game suspension by the NCAA. But Trent Frazier out with his shoulder injury. Austin Hutcherson out with his tailbone injury. And Andre Curbelo out as he has been in concussion protocol. And it sounds like it was from the last exhibition game, first play of the game. Uh, he hit his head, but he looked good the rest of the day. Uh, but uh, he was out for this game as he's going through protocol call. Don't know when they'll be back. I think the hope is they'll be back for Friday's game against Arkansas State when they might need a few of those guys back. They didn't need them uh, in this game as Illinois wins 71-47 over Jackson State. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, Illini Inquirer. Well, Derek, uh, I don't know if we learned much about Illinois basketball for the rest of the season in this one, but uh, the good news is they came out with a win uh, despite not having its three top players and another guy who can score the basketball, we think. It was pretty ugly, but it could have been a lot worse in terms of you look at Nebraska losing to Western Illinois at home tonight and Ohio State needing a, a lay-in by Zed Key to avoid upset against Akron, old Johnny Gross, our friend there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're fortunate to have played an opponent that ranks towards the bottom of Division One and is really offensively challenged. And uh, you had to get through a, a really tough challenge of not having your, as Brad said, his three primary ball handlers in DeMonte tried to do as best as he could. And I thought he did some, some decent things, but uh, was clearly uncomfortable. And uh, you just try to survive. And, and like you said, you there's a hope that you'll have a handful of those guys back, if not all of them. I'm not sure that you will get all three, but if you could get even just Trent back uh, to be able to play the point against an Arkansas State team, it's going to be pretty decent. Uh, so like you said, you don't learn a whole lot. There were some bright spots. Coleman Hawkins continues to play with a lot of confidence and just show the the diversity in his game. He's got a lot there in terms of versatility, uh, really at both ends. And Benjamin Bossman's Verdant getting mentioned in the opening segment. I want to get that out there. Uh, that's not going to happen maybe all that often. hasn't happened, but uh, props to him for the way that he's came back from it, a lot of injuries. And I mean, he did play play hard and physical and uh, look better than Omar Payne, which is a storyline maybe on the other way. Yeah, that was the Bossman's music, and I, I tweeted out at one point like, Bossman's Verdonk is giving them a huge offensive boost, uh, and it was like I tweeted that, and and it's great. And Joy Wagner's going to have a story on that, given everything he's overcome. Um, but yeah, Derek, I, I thought Jacob Grandison was a standout as well. Twenty points, uh, really took over and really calmed the game down because Jackson State after going down 21-2 to early in this game, kind of 
dominated the final nine minutes of the first half. Illinois was very sloppy offensively, which is to be expected. They ran spread most of the night, which they had, hadn't run really since what Aaron Jordan was in the Illini uniform. Um, because when you have Io DeSumo and Andre Crubell, you don't run that. You run, you know, pick and roll, and, and it's been awesome for Illinois. But without Curbelo, it, it showed that they just did not have a primary ball handler. You didn't even have a secondary ball handler and Trent Frazier, Austin Hutcherson. Um, the only guy that has been practicing point guard this preseason who was available was Brandon Pajimski, and he only played four minutes tonight. So clearly probably not ready um, to, to make an impact yet. But I thought Jacob Grandison just really calmed the game down. And you can see his experience from being the best player at Holy Cross paid off. 12 points in the second half, hit a couple big threes, uh, and just was crafty. Uh, and just a solid vet that, that really goes under the radar coming into the season. Even me, like sometimes I don't even mention him in some of the things. It's like, oh, this is a starter and just a good quality player for you. Uh, and, yeah, I think Coleman Hawkins is just continuing to show Derek that he is poised for a breakout. I, I don't think we're going to see peak Coleman Hawkins this season. Illinois doesn't need that. Um, I think he's going to be really good as a junior. And the guy always kind of – comp his game to, not that he's going to be a first-round pick, but is DJ Wilson, and you can see those things where he's so skilled, so tall, so long, and he's so versatile. Um, you know, can bring the ball up. Uh, drew six fouls today. I thought that was really important for Illinois to get to the free throw line tonight, and he helped them do that. Uh, had a couple assists, and just had defensively a couple of wild blocks, um, and, and got his hands in the passing lanes. He's just a piece they didn't have, Derek, that, that just compliments Kofi Coburn, who's also sitting on the bench with that suspension. Just compliments him so well. So it's exciting to see what he's done these three games. And he has gained a little confidence. Sometimes it's arrogance, and, and Brad Underwood has to rein that in because he almost got teed up again tonight. But I'd rather ha have to try and rein him in than have to rev a guy up. Yeah, certainly. When you want to look for some things out of him this year in terms of raised expectations, you'd like him to be – like you said, on that confident side and believing in himself rather than you're trying to just uh, boost that up and, and, and have him feel like he's still, you know, baby stepping his way through uh, into this season when really he's he's coming in and he's all over the court tonight. Like I thought that defensively we still don't talk enough about what he could potentially be, uh, just like his his mobility, his length, like his closeout block. Uh, in the corner was was pretty insane. Like just the way that he was able to, as Brad said, you know, two three steps elevate, and, and he's able to block a shot there. Uh, we'll still see if he can, if you need him in a pinch to play the five in the Big Ten. Can he can he bang well enough? And you hope that Omar is going to progress and be ready for that by the time you get there. But uh, it is really exciting, uh, just kind of his overall upside, and probably is unsung when you think about like the recruiting gets that the staff has had in the past, like to have a piece that is not is unlike a lot of others on your roster. And um, I, I think that there is a lot to be excited about in terms of the way him and Kofi can play together uh, as like high, low action, spacing the floor. And he, he is playing with a ton of confidence, which is great to see. And then, like you said, uh, at the outset, Jacob Grandison uh, was very steadying. And that was important when you're only up 13 and a half. And it was a wonder with this be a single-digit game at some point in the second half. I, I do want to bring up one of the downsides of this game is I, I didn't think you saw a lot of great things from the transfers, right? Uh, Alfonso Plummer and Omar Payne. And let, let's start with Omar Payne because it ties into Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk as well. Um, I mean, the Bossman's played more than, than – 
we saw with Omar Payne, and, and Omar Payne had three blocks, and he does that really well. He had a, he had a dunk, and he does that really well. Like we know that from his Florida time is. This guy can be a rim runner. He can finish at the rim. He finishes lobs, and he can take a bad pass and dunk it. Um, and he also is, just has ridiculously long arms, and he's a rim protector. Like He's a far better shot blocker than Kofi Coburn, so he does give you that, Derek. But everything else was just really sloppy. Uh, three turnovers tonight, one in an offensive foul, two. He just got the ball taken from him. And he, Brad Underwood talks about his team needs to be tougher Feels like Omar Payne is one of those guys he's trying to get uh, instill that too, because three rebounds in in 17 minutes not enough for a guy like that against a team like this. You just wanted to see a a top 50 prospect, a guy with that kind of talent, uh, kind of assert his will at certain points. And outside of the raw talent, there's just not a lot of skill yet we've seen out of that. Um, and, and Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, like I, I think he's athletically limited when you get to the Big Ten play. But 6'8", 235, 240, something like that. We see how chiseled he is. Just gave great effort and energy. Ten rebounds, five on the offensive glass. Again, probably not doing that in the Big Ten, Derek, but I just thought he was more solid. You you could rely on him tonight. Yeah, Ben wanted to hit people. Ben wanted to be physical in the paint, and that's something that Omar has yet to to really show, just unleashing that motor and and feeling like he's got to go get every ball that – comes off the rim and I mean when you have a team like Jackson State there's a lot of those that uh, are are misses and and there to be rebounded so uh, for him to play 18 minutes and only have three rebounds is is disappointing he is athletically very impressive just seven six wingspan uh, can obviously go up and down and move and uh, when it's a catch and dunk he's he's fine he's great at that and and then blocking shots as well but uh, you saw when there was twice he had the ball near the top of the key or around the free throw line and just got it stolen right out of his hands he just seems to stall mentally and feels uncomfortable. And in that sense, he's very, very raw. So uh, when it's not those natural things like catching a lob or catching and dunking uh, or blocking shots, there's still a lot of other parts of his game that aren't developed. And uh, maybe that is a little surprising for a guy as highly touted as him and has already spent two years now going into three in a high major program. Yeah, and I'm not going to go the whole – Bossman's Verdon takes the backup center role yet, right? Because we're talking about the upside that Omar Payne does have, the athleticism, the length. I mean, the seven set, what seven four, seven six wingspan that he has, it is apparent. Um, and, and there are the moments where it's like, dang, like that that guy could be really good. Um, but the three games we've seen in State Farm Center, he needs to rev it up to play for Brad Underwood and to play a big role, like. Coleman Hawkins could steal some minutes at the five, right, from him. And, and Benjamin Bossman Zerdonk in the certain matchup against a maybe not as tall but physical post player, he could get maybe some of those spot minutes. So um, for, through three games, it's just I feel like Omar Payne, the playing time we had pegged for him, which wasn't huge when you got Kofi Coburn, um, it feels like it's in jeopardy just a little bit. Yeah, and you think back to the fall and how much – and, again, it takes time for some guys to, to really click into place and feel comfortable. And Jacob Grandson's a huge yep. example of that last year. And you, you saw the first – in the MTE, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if he's if he's going to make it. He's barely playing and, and doesn't look like he's going to you know make an impact at all. And um, maybe it will click for Omar. And, and again, like the physical tools, that those are things that you can't teach, and he certainly has those. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of hype about him in the fall and, and what he could be, and, and we haven't – it's been disappointing so far. It is still a small sample size, but uh, you're going to want more from him, particularly in the Big Ten, just knowing that whether Kofi's going to get in foul trouble in, in spots or just 
you look at Purdue's depth at the five and, and what Michigan can do, and it's it's hard not to start thinking down the road in that way. And even look looking at Arkansas State, like they're going to have more size and a center that was the freshman of the year in their league, six foot eight, two forty, and maybe Coleman doesn't handle that as well, or maybe Bossman struggles a little bit. You're going to need Omar to be able to step up, and uh, he's he's part of getting out of this stretch without Kofi and some other guys three and zero. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and you're right. Like Grandison took time, and eventually the roster changes. He changes. Like he, he can find it. Um, but you can see the flashes. He's got to give us uh, more consistency. Um, one more point. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, I just thought this was a game he could go off for 20. Um, and, and I do think he had some nice plays late in the game, made a three late, uh, the only three he made. I'm not worried about his shooting, Derek, but uh, it's just a game I thought he would be more involved. Um, and he had three turnovers. I still don't like him taking it off the bounce and having to make a decision. Uh, d- didn't do that all that well. And he's going to make shots at some point, and usually people are going to be sagging on Curbelo or Kofi, and he'll have those open shots. He just found it tougher to create like he can't like he was forced to create tonight and that's just not his game it's not no you look last year at his numbers and catch and shoot was one of the top in the, in the country and when you take away a guy like Kofi attracts the attention or Curbelo and uh, just those highlight players on your roster there is you know less reason to sag off and, and you, you do see him not get a ton of space on the three-point line and uh, off the dribble he is he is limited uh, and it isn't something that he's really comfortable at uh, his assist rate was really really low at Utah and uh, I mean he had four tonight I know a handful of those were late uh, did have some turnovers so uh, that's not really the position you want him to be in it's trying to be like a secondary creator or anything like that so I mean that's why you saw DeMonte playing point guard and it wasn't it wasn't Plummer uh, at the very beginning of the game or, or through the most of the game so uh, yeah, I agree with you. I thought that this was a game where he could really go off and heat up and be that offensive presence, but uh, he's still someone also a little bit obviously ahead of pain, but uh, still wanting more out of him. I want to ask you before we get out of here, we're going to talk a little bit about signing day, which is uh, Wednesday. We're recording this late Tuesday night at State Farm Center, and Illinois have a couple of guards uh, joining the mix here, so we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but the last guys who signed with Illinois, uh, the three freshmen played, didn't get much uh, look of Pajimski and, and really haven't throughout uh, the early season. So I think it's going to be obviously very tough for him to get a role. He probably won't this year, given as long as they're healthy, right? The guards are healthy and get back to health. But Luke Goody and R.J. Melendez, two quick thoughts on them, Derek. R.J. Melendez had five points, three rebounds, uh, and two turnovers. Um, so he had some, some bad moments with those turnovers. But what I've liked about R.J. is – effort and energy like he's bringing it on the glass he's bringing it on defense that can I don't see a big role for him but maybe he can get some minutes at certain points in certain games because he does have length and athleticism so to bring that energy and effort on glass and defense uh, I'm happy about that I was two of seven missed a lot of bunnies around the hoop I am very impressed by Luke Goody. I continue to be more impressed not a huge stat line six points uh, four rebounds but no turnovers hit two threes out of three, uh, gave effort on the glass, and he just knows where to be. Uh, There's just a lot of intangibles you like and skill set that you like that I I just think he's going to be such a solid player for them. So thoughts on the freshman? Yeah, Goody, like just the the picture-perfect role player in the Big Ten. I I think that's what you're starting to see uh, in terms of his role and as he's – settling into it and, and I mean he's he's a fighter like he plays with uh, like his hair's on fire I mean that's not a redhead joke I promise <laughs> uh, but just the way that he attacks and wants to 
make any impact that he possibly can and doesn't play with an ego and uh, just wants to to find a way to impact the team and impact winning. And uh, he, in terms of his jump shot, I know we talked about this before. There were questions, you know, when he was a junior and only shot 30% from three. Like, is he really a high-level shooter? I mean, he is. He is a high-level shooter. He's showing that. He's a confident shooter, too. Very confident. Uh, and I, I just continue to think he's going to be someone that – We'll get in. We'll get into games and we'll get opportunities. Uh, RJ's still going to have to earn that, and he is more raw physically. Like I think the biggest thing with him is just the lack of strength, and that's probably what we're going to see against some more high, high major opponents. But I think similar to Coleman, he has Coleman as a freshman. He has the length. He has the athleticism. He has some of those physical tools that you can see out of him, and uh, he does have a good good approach in terms of the way he came in and just wanted to give energy, wanted to get on the glass. Three offensive rebounds uh, is pretty encouraging. So. Uh, Physically, he's got stuff that you can definitely see, and, and as he progresses with the strength, I think that he's going to be a nice player. Yeah, I think um, this is like a loose comp, but I'm just thinking of progression. Like Adam Miller started last year. He's obviously a better athlete than, than Luke Goody, more dynamic scorer, but was just physically ready, and I think um, the basketball IQ made him a player that could play right away like Goody. So I, I can see that kind of arc where Goody can play a role and then continue to play kind of a similar role as he moves forward, just a, a little bit more usage as he goes on. Melendez, I like that comp and arc to what um, Coleman will be. I don't see a lot of minutes. I can see some spot minutes in certain games. But as a sophomore, kind of that X factor. And then as a junior, I, th I think Hawkins is going to be one of the stars of this team. Melendez, I think, could have a, a similar arc for us. Yeah, I'm not sure Melendez will be as skilled like off the bounce, but he will be a piece on the wing that has the length that, uh, to an extent that you haven't had, like a six foot seven, really long, good athlete. Uh, and it is more of a an upside thing that might take a year to really tap into. And uh, I could see him, you know, we're a year down the road and in some of these early games and, and Melinda's is flashing. He's playing with confidence and that, uh, and he's added, you know, 15, 20 pounds and, and he's all of a sudden uh, starting to make that splash. And, and like you said with Goody, like he's played good competition, similar to Adam. Adam was playing EYBL and, and Luke, the same thing, played on a really successful high school, high school program and uh, just has a way about him that's confident and, uh, comes in like feeling comfortable and, and ready to compete. Do we learn anything tonight? Like, I mean, I, we, we can talk about these things. Um, my concern is that this has been disrupted, your exhibition game, this game, which is a warm-up game. Jackson State's not very good. So it was good that you had this game as your first game and not uh, a higher-level opponent. I would even say Arkansas State, right? Um, or if you had Marquette tonight, uh, I think the result could have been a lot different or a lot hairier uh, in this game. But you come out with a win, but – Will you have these guys back next game? I, I think you'll see, like you said, probably Curbelo. I mean, concussion protocol is usually a timing thing, and it seemed like he would be back uh, barring some setback. Uh, Frazier, I, I wonder if he could have played tonight because he came back in that game as, as well in the exhibition game but came right back out. Um, so maybe they thought they'd get through this game. Next game they'll be here for Arkansas State, and I think they would win with those two guys in. But it just kind of disrupts your start to the season where you're going into Marquette already without Kofi Coburn, and will you have your guards there? How many games will they have played together? And then you go to Kansas City with Kofi making his first appearance, which is not a bad thing, but the team will just be playing kind of their first game. It just kind of disrupts the start. At least it's not Big Ten play. Uh, but even Brad um, is like, I don't know who I'm – game planning for or with uh, for their next game. It just everything kind of gets pushed back a little bit with this team kind of gelling and gaining chemistry. It does and it does concern you 
for an Arkansas State team that you think is going to be fairly decent, you know, for a mid-major, low-major type of program. And then Marquette is an unknown. I mean, they're they're talented, uh, but a bunch of new pieces. Shaka Smart, like, what what is that going to look like? Uh, you just want to be able to not that a loss would throw you off course completely and change the goals of the season or anything like that. But you do want to be in a good position and, and go to Kansas City and uh, continue to, to play, you know, in the top 10, top 15 range nationally. But uh, I would say on Trent, like, I know this is assuming a little bit, but if the shoulder did, like, pop out, I wouldn't have seen him, let's pop that sucker back in there and get you out on an exhibition game. Like, that, that wouldn't seem like the right thing to do uh, for, for an injury like that. I think that – uh, that's just me assuming a little bit, so maybe it, it's just a bruise or maybe just something that uh, a little to a lesser extent that he's dealing with, and maybe it was a choice of, hey, we might not need him tonight. And, and Curbelo, uh, you might know this better than I do off the top of my head, but like Io was dealing with the protocols last year, wanted to play against Michigan. Was it 10 days that he hadn't quite hit? And uh, the way it works out, Curbelo from that exhibition game till Friday, it would have gone through that 10-game threshold. So you'd hope to have him for sure. But uh, I think optimistically, Brad hopes that some adversity is going to take something good out of this team where, you know, he was trying to push buttons, you know, a couple of weeks ago and trying to challenge them and trying to get them to feel the the urgency of the season starting. And they got to feel it now. Uh, but uh, like you said, the disjointedness and, and just like the chemistry part of it uh, is something that you're going to worry about execution wise. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, if they drop one of these games, it stinks and it can impact you, uh, your resume a little bit, but this team should be fine because that big man's coming back soon. And then that dynamic playmaker is coming back soon. And Trent Frazier will be back at some point. They're going to be really good uh, at some point. It's just it might not happen like as, as quickly. It might not gel as quickly. And they're going to they're going to drop a game here where, where they shouldn't drop. Right. They're not going to probably there's a chance they could go undefeated. Um, but in the non-conference, but. They're probably going to drop a game at some point, and you got to grow from it. And that's what Brad Underwood's looking at now is how do we get better now for February and March uh, when it really, really matters. And a game like tonight can give Jacob Grandison a lot of confidence, can give uh, Coleman Hawkins, I don't know if he needs much more confidence, but I think you're really excited about what he's bringing. And then guys like Omar Payne and Alfonso Plummer, what do they got to do to, to improve? And, and a guy like Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, a little confidence when he has to go in in a game against maybe Purdue at some point that, that he can play with these guys. So I think that's what you're always looking for as a coach, and you're hoping the silver lining is, is those guys can, can uh, be fine. But, yeah, you're looking forward to seeing 21 on the court, seeing number five on the court, um, you know, and Trent as well. So it's it's – it's uh, not what we wanted to see tonight, but at least they come out with a victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you were saying with Omar and Alfonso, like if Kofi's available for this game, does Omar get, you know, is he back in that 10 to 12 minute range in terms of his, how much time he gets on the court? So even when there's some parts of what he showed that leaves more to be desired, it's just kind of, I don't know if rust is the right way to call it, shaking the rust or just kind of uh, experiencing game time to, to get into a flow or to kind of understand, put it on film, what he needs to change. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, uh, a loss wouldn't hurt them. It, it, it is something that, especially with the injuries, could be maybe expected. But it's not a super – it's not a super challenging non-conference schedule in terms of like ranked opponents. Arkansas might ultimately be the only ranked team that you play. Uh, but you are going to get tested by, you know, obviously Arizona, Notre Dame, uh, some some named schools. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, of course, fans out there are going to hope for that uh, unbeaten slate going into Big Ten play.
Yeah, we'll see if they can get to 3-0 and without Kofi. And then I feel pretty good about every game you go into with that guy uh, on the court. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Derek, let's talk a little bit about signing day. Uh, early signing period starts Wednesday. Should see uh, two national letters of intent come in from four-star guards, Jaden Epps, a bucket getter, and Sincere Harris. Uh, and Joey Wagner, I thought, uh, painted a really good picture with his feature about how he's an ultimate competitor. You can see why Trent Frazier would like him, kind of a longer guard that can handle a little bit. So it seems like he and, and Jaden Epps, fit well together. What do you think about the two pieces they are adding uh, on, uh, on Wednesday? I think it's a great response to you look at Trent being gone from the program after this year. You look at DeMonte being gone. We talk a lot about Curbelo and potentially not being a four-year player. I mean, he's, he's probably not going to be a four-year player. If he is back next year, uh, that that could be it for him in terms of going to the NBA. Um, Jaden Epps is just it's just reloading. Like what Brad's been able to do at guard is uh, is super impressive. The fact that tonight was a small blip on the radar in terms of oh we we don't have what we want at point guard or we don't have enough uh, scores in the backcourt or guys that can handle the ball. It's, flashbacks. Yeah. Derek nightmares of flashbacks. <laughs> it turns out having three point guards on the court at once is better than none. Um, so that's kind of what you're getting there. I know Jaden's a, a combo guard, but he can play on the ball. I think that uh, he will have an opportunity to do that next year. And he's just, like you said, just a pure scorer, great range with his jump shot, super confident. Uh, he's tough as well and a little undersized, and, and we'll see how he defends. But uh, in terms of just being able to get you one off the, off the dribble and uh, continues to work as a facilitator too, I think that's something that will grow with him. And this is a guy that Kansas was like, whoa, 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 let's wait and let the process play out. Let's see who you know we're recruiting as we go into the fall. And uh, Chester was able to push that gas really hard and close it down. And uh, Sincere Harris was one. You offered him in June. You got him commit in July. Didn't let him go. Uh, the rest of the process draw it out and let other attention get on him. But I think a longer Trent Frazier is a great comp, a secondary creator, a, a smooth stroke from three, a lefty that's long. And uh, it gives you the defensive ability that you want in terms of size to guard bigger guards in the league. So uh, two really good answers. And Oh, by the way, we're going to wait for Ty Rogers. I'm not expecting a surprise signing by any means with him, but another guy that you're still waiting on and might might be making a decision rather soon. Uh, Jaden Epps, you wish you could have like called him up tonight. Like, if, is that if that were legal, uh, you could have used <laughs> Jaden Epps to get your buckets um, tonight. No, I think I, I think you're really excited about him, and and I think uh, you know obviously I think those guys fit each other really well. 
they do need pieces in the front court at some point here, Derek. And the center position, they're looking at pieces. Doesn't seem like it would be it, but you mentioned him, Ty Rogers, who would be a great compliment to Goody, to R.J. Melendez, to the guards they have coming in. Um, what's the latest with, with uh, Ty Rogers? Because six foot seven, 220 pounds, tough, physical. I mean, you and I have talked about it before on this podcast. It seems like it's a DeMonte Williams, maybe not the shooting stroke that DeMonte has now, of course, but uh, a DeMonte Williams five inches taller, which Illinois could use. Yeah, Jumbo DeMonte for sure, and a lot of those same intangibles. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's wait-and-see mode right now. He's taking all five of his official visits. It's seemed to narrow down in terms of who's in the mix right now. A lot of the buzz is it's Illinois and Michigan State uh, as you go down the stretch, unless he is going to try to you know wait things out a, a whole lot longer but uh it's been a, a really quiet recruitment like he doesn't talk to reporters and and ty streets has remained fairly quiet but that is something that Atlanta fans rightfully so continue to go back to like he transferred out of michigan to chicago uh and he's living there with, with ty streets and a guy that is as close as anybody to tim anderson with their relationship from from mean streets and it has been a while since he's been on the Illinois campus. He made an unofficial to Michigan State here recently for that uh, MSU uh, UM game uh, here, you know, a week or so ago. But uh, yeah, I, I think that Illinois feels still pretty optimistic. There was a while there, like after he made the transfer to, to Chicago, it was like, okay, Illinois is probably in the driver's seat, and uh, you started to hear that even outside of their their circle. But uh, Michigan State and the fact that his parents are still in Michigan, it, it makes you wonder a little bit and. Uh, that that's a, those are two really good options, obviously, in the Big Ten that fit his play style, fit his game, and uh, it will be interesting to see. Maybe a decision – here's the thing. You, you ask around, is he, does he have signing day plans? Is he going to commit? Like, you get a lot of I don't know. You get, you get a lot of I, I'm not sure. He is in decision mode, but maybe not going to sign early. So that still remains to be seen. But I, I would be I, – I would expect it to be fairly soon in terms of at least a commitment. Maybe he doesn't sign, but – um, and I know fans are going to be like, oh, Adam Miller situation, here we go again. But if you get him to at least verbal to you, that, that would be a really big deal. Yeah, and that's uh, if, you, if you're starting to – I'm just thinking of this big picture, Derek, like competing against Michigan State and potentially winning a, a recruitment for a tough wing who can fly through the air, defend, be versatile. Um, that's a good sign for Brad Underwood's program if he can do that. What do they do big man-wise? Is this transfer market? I mean, I, I think we're seeing like – we're kind of planning Omar Payne, the guy next year, uh, maybe it's Coleman Hawkins. Um, they need an answer there and, and probably one that can make an impact right away, right? Right. They were looking in terms of the goal, Cam Corrin, Braden Huff, and, and those guys it didn't pan out with Huff going to Gonzaga and Corrin to Florida State. And, and then they dabbled around, you know, some the, the next tier of the big man market and, and kind of throwing some offers out there in terms of flyers and uh, all the buzz or, or the talk is that, you know, they're going to look transfer market and uh, see what Kofi wants to do. I, I'm not saying that they're necessarily holding their breath on him coming back again. There, there would be, again, it could more. be good business for him to come back. Like, he, if, I mean, I think we're going to see him. We're starting to see him with these NIL deals, yeah. which I think are pretty good for him. He can make a very good career out of uh, college basketball. And remember, he could have up to two more years of eligibility after this one. So probably not going to happen, right? He's probably going to yeah. move on with his life at some point. But if anybody can make a lot of money playing college basketball in the next three years, uh, Kofi Coburn could be seven-figure territory doing that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and the good thing is in terms of like his decision-making, if he does enter the draft again, he's staying in, so he wouldn't be waiting 
all summer and, and you do have pain so you're not feeling like you're the coverage bare but you will look in the transfer portal uh, in terms of immediate impact and that's something that they're definitely going to look for and with what they've done with Kofi you would think they could command a, a pretty good high talented type of player to come in and, and try to get developed and have the opportunity to Illinois that Kofi's taking advantage of. So I'm, I'm just thinking about this class okay and like thinking about next year just to give people an idea of what we're looking at say Kofi goes pro the the dream like scenario here of him coming back doesn't happen but say Corbello is back all right and you got him and Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris, Podjemski uh, in your backcourt, wings of Goody, Coleman Hawkins obviously in the front court, um, Melendez. Like, what do you think this roster is? I mean, Grandison could come back for another year if he, if he wants to. We'll see if he pursues his uh, pro opportunities after that. But what do you think that roster is starting to look like um, a year from now when they have their season opener? You'd be pretty excited about your point guard situation to have Curbelo, who'd be a, you know, in all likelihood a preseason All-American, maybe even the summer to Kofi, a Big Ten Player of the Year preseason wide type of candidate. And if Jaden Epps is behind him, I mean, that would be a great situation as a top 100 guard that could get a decent amount of minutes and and could play with Curbelo as well. That would be something you'd be encouraged about is that he wouldn't just be okay. He's he's only on the floor when Curbelo's out. Um, sincere Harris bringing the size. I know that they would look for also someone in the transfer portal in terms of like a 6'5 type of guard that's a two-way. I mean, Otego away was one that they pushed to the very end and came up short on him. Like They would look kind of in that mold as well, uh, similar to a DeMonte. Maybe if you do get a Ty Rogers, we'd have to see what the scholarship situation looks like. But uh, I think you'd still be able to compete in the Big Ten. Um, but, yeah, I think Omar Payne's development would really – be a key factor in that. Coleman Hawkins, uh, we're excited about him you know, in terms of the four. But if you could have Omar take necessary strides this year, bring in a transfer big man, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not the year. It would be a year off in terms of saying, hey, Illinois could probably go to the Final Four. Uh, but it would be a, you know, they could finish top five in the league, potentially top five, top six, and make some, a little bit of noise in the tournament. Because Curbelo, you know, that, that kind of guard is usually one that's dangerous uh, come tournament time. I think you're right with like that that two guard transfer is something we should probably look at because Curbelo, I'd put Goody in the conversation as a starter, Coleman Hawkins, Omar Payne. Obviously, maybe you can try and upgrade on Omar Payne, and we'll see how good Omar Payne can become later this season. But that's kind of like the top group, right? And then Melendez and Epps and, and all these other guys coming off the bench. Yeah, you would be, and you'd be a younger team in, in terms of having, like you said, some of those guys like Goody slotting in there and, and Epps being a, a significant role player, Sincere Harris. But, uh, yeah, that is in terms of the – No team's going to be as old as this team. No. <laughs> like, that's, that's what we got to remember is, like, a guy like Jacob Grandison, um, if, he, if he decides to go pro after this year, like, that's a guy that you could miss. Demonte Williams you're going to miss. Like, you don't think about it now because you got these stars, but th- those guys got to be replaced too. Right, absolutely. And you would hope that for his sake that Austin Hutcherson would be a yeah, piece in that as well. And if, I mean, again, we, we all, forget about him all, because he's not on the court. Right? We're all sitting and waiting, but. Um, Still waiting for his uh, his uh, debut in Atlanta uniform. Yeah, at least be nice to have him in that mix because, you know, um, athletically, just kind of physical tools that he would be someone that uh, is excited, exciting. So, um, but yeah, I, I think DeMonte just. If you could find, if you don't, if you lose Demonte and Grandison, you definitely need 
that older and tangible guy, two-way, go to the go to the glass at the wing spot. Uh, and I know that they would definitely covet that for sure. Yeah, um, somebody's yelling at our podcast. We weren't mentioning Hutcherson there, so that's my bad. Thanks for the save there, uh, Derek Piper. All right, that'll do it uh, for us here at the uh, State Farm Center. Illinois defeats Jackson State 71-47. Not the team we're going to see all year. Will it be the team we see against Arkansas State? We'll see on Saturday. But got a feeling they'll have uh, some more reinforcements coming in from the guard position uh, on Friday night. So until then, uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And uh, we'll chat to you later on in the week uh, about Illinois basketball uh, after their game on Friday.